0: It's tough living as a real man in today's culture. I should know. I married one. On today's episode, Matt, Aaron, and Chris discuss trad Catholics and Dungeons and Dragons and Father Chad Ripperger's talk, How to Raise a Man. The boys get real and share some stories about their struggles against what Father Ripperger refers to as the vice of effeminacy. Aaron shares about his personal fraternal correction and even admits he may have acted wrongly. What a time to be alive.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. more!
0: Welcome to Theology of the Buddy, Episode 8.
2: theology of the body episode eight that's not the actual intro is is it? it's introed. it's i heard it it's well it's going to be actually legitimately introed by julie oh like we'll have her oh yeah and then initially. you'll be like oh, welcome back everyone yeah. You yeah. Know. yeah exactly <laughs> like the turd that i am what's yeah. up men What's happening? I don't know.
1: What did Julie say about us in the intro? That's what I want to know. Oh, yeah. We, don't even, we don't even know yet because it hasn't yet. happened yet. Yeah. Yeah. It irritates me. It's going to be something stupid. It shouldn't irritate you. You should be more manly. Uh, <sighs> be... I hate this talk. All right. Let's get this stupid thing over with
2: it.
3: All right. I don't know. We're talking about it.
1: How's, it. how's it been?
2: Great. It's great. All right. Yeah, well, let's <laughs> talk about the fact that right now Aaron is wearing the headphones. Yeah, this could be a disaster. And Are we talking like, about We only have one set of headphones currently. We're we're just baby podcasters yeah. at this point.
3: We spent the last 20 minutes trying to contain him from making cool sounds into the microphone. Wait, wait,
1: wait, 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 wait. wait no, wait, no, wait. no. Don't, no. <laughs> Because it sounds so, it does. It, okay, it sounds cool right I, through the headphones. I, it, it does, and I, I am shocked at how high and whining. I can't even talk loud because right. this is irritating me right now. You, I'm irritating myself. You and Ann
3: Barnhart have the with, same with,
1: voice. With, it, it's, <laughs> ah, it's terrible. You guys sound great, by the way. <laughs> but <laughs> like, I,
3: sound like I have the same voice as Eeyore. That's my spirit animal I'm, from Winnie the. Pooh.
2: You don't the sound breaker, like Eeyore. Bad. How's it
1: going, Matt? Oh, so
2: okay. slow, slow, bother, oh bother. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, yeah. Man, any uh Christmas tide resolutions that we should Feedback be from the last episode. Feedback from the last episode. Yeah. Okay, we're doing we just did the last episode like 10 minutes ago. Yeah, we're sure, doing it's just it's to true. let everyone know on the secret. <laughs> yeah. It's a secret.
2: But uh, one thing we didn't actually say in the last podcast, which we I completely forgot, right. um was huge thanks Yeah. To our, our interviewers who, um, who've been on the show, um, uh, we had, uh, Brooke most recently, um, and Billy G. Well, amazing. Amazing people. and huge Amazing.
3: Things. Despite Chris's ridiculously detailed show notes that he forgot to mention that in the last episode. That's Ouch. what
1: I found amazing. Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> They're oh so professionally this, produced. Uh, Theology of the not buddy. Yeah, I no. produced show notes
2: and then I, Immediately, immediately like ordered things. Show notes
1: just don't work. Unscripted, buddy. So,
3: yes, Brooke and Billy, that was point one
1: <laughs> in the show notes, <laughs> and we missed it. And Billy's, Billy and you, I learned how a real podcast should, should sound when I listened to that podcast. You two sounded professional. Different style of podcast, So too. Yeah, right? no, just Billy, like, he thought things through. Oh, yeah. he He didn't say <laughs> stupid things. That was like, oh, wow. That's how that is. Yeah, that's yeah.
2: generally almost every conversation with Billy. Oh, but then you get into a uh, Dungeons and Dragons planning event <laughs> with him, and you just you you start realizing this man knows way more about everything than you do.
1: Philip Campbell posted something on Facebook. Who's Philip Campbell? Uh, Unum Sanctum Catholicum uh, about some guy who left the Catholic or trad world because. He couldn't find someone to play D&D with? <laughs>
2: did, you, did you hear about that? <laughs> That's did you hear about that? <laughs> no,
1: I, I certainly did. Is that a thing? Look up on Facebook. We don't have to talk about it. If you hadn't, if I you think hadn't, it's hilarious. Have you heard mentioned. about
2: it? Yeah. No, I hadn't heard about it. Read, read the actual comments.
1: Who was that trad blogger a few years ago who left traditionalism because he said he wanted to play Dungeons and Dragons? That's so sad. I know a ton of traditional Catholics who play D&D. I could have totally hooked him up. Oh well. Everyone at our Latin mass besides me and Matt is a dork. That's basically so like, I-
2: excuse me oh sorry Matt has played Dungeons he, oh, and Dragons Matt, oh, I'm the only one. correct
1: you've played it too in, the in, first- in my in my what's the song about my stupid years my foolish the, youth the first
3: time Aaron went and discussed Dun- Dun- Dungeons and Dragons with you guys I, I had never tried it until once the one time I did and Aaron was like oh who was your DM I was like what are you talking you sound like
2: a seasoned veteran that's really sad though that he couldn't find somebody who could play Dungeons and Dragons.
3: Yeah, that's bizarre. There's a lot of trad Catholics. Who you know, play D&D. I guess. Yeah, you hear like what I what I heard about Dungeons and Dragons is that you're going to get possessed if you play Dungeons and Dragons. I didn't really know what it was, and I can see how there's a lot of room for weird stuff in it. Sure, but you can make anything out it that you out of it that you want. So like the time I played, our friend, he had written the whole thing, so you knew it was going to be pretty.
2: Safe, yeah, and he's a traditional Catholic himself, yeah. He comes to our live mass and stuff, and he's a great guy, yeah, too. so yeah. yeah, it was it would be safe, you know, like, but I mean, if you're playing with, say, a bunch of, do of play, atheists, do you like, play?
1: No, what do you notice a difference when you play with um Nova Sordo D players? I've never played Nova Sordo, I'd be curious if there's like a difference in like style.
2: Suddenly, they just start like, like they all decide to be bards, and they're just like, yeah, just like playing the guitar. <laughs> What's Bongo. your What's your name going to be, Matt Marson? <laughs> <laughs> oh man,
3: yeah. No, but you can make it whatever you want. Like potentially, you could be exploring like a monastery in your D anD D plate. which would you actually would be all be cool. Carmelites, be cool. and we'd be raising through the different ranks of prayer. Oh my goodness, like, on the D&D? seventh level. Yeah, can name? you imagine?
2: <laughs> It'll be like the interior castle. The interior, but interior like... castle, yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> no, but so, and like I the mean, the monsters you face are like your your actual uh, yeah, like, like vices. vices. <laughs> oh man.
1: Oh wow. Actually you this would conquered be incredible. Great... The
3: vice of a feminist. That would be an amazing <laughs> game. That would be an amazing can game. Guys, uh, so, so that's how I explained it to somebody who was concerned that I had played it. I was like, "No, you can make it literally whatever you want." And yeah. Yeah. Get just, on that, Chris. Yeah, that'd be actually Don't go I, too Merton on us who, in who the is concerned? Who is concerned?
1: Or like, like who, like a friend, like a Catholic friend online? I'm just curious. I've I never mean, heard concern. No. Oh, was that a bluff? Did I just call you on a No, bluff? it was not a bluff. I just don't want to say who it was. Oh, okay.
3: On it was podcast. probably his
2: mother. <laughs> oh,
3: oh, yeah. She was probably terrified, too. <laughs> She's the one who told me you'd get possessed if you played it. Yeah,
2: my mom said the same thing, too. She also said the same things about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, though. <laughs> yeah. No, and no, and it, Power Rangers. It kind of
1: inoculates you to it, doesn't
2: it? Yeah. yeah. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. But that's the thing that's interesting is uh, there's all these things that it almost seems like all the, anytime I hear these people kind of say like, oh, don't do these things. Generally, they're, they're women who tell, who like, it's like, they're always kind of like looking out for you and trying to make sure you're, what's the deeper implication behind that? Chris, I, I, go on? I, yeah. feel, I feel like after listening to recently, we, we've all listened to how to raise a man a video by father ripperger and yeah i just kind of look at my life and i'm guys i i i walked away from listening to that talk um we'll link it in in our show notes um on podbean so it's theology of the body buddy.podbean.com we should point Um, out
3: that father ripperger's sermons and conferences are penance wear and to listen to them you have to offer up some prayers for him Or he asks that you offer up some prayers for him. Or there's a a place to donate a dollar. It's a a nominal fee. But, you know, he. I think he wants to make sure you get, you know, you're doing this for the right reasons, Mm -hmm. too, that you're listening to these with
2: good intentions. I would like to admit openly on this podcast that I have listened to multiple different forms of penance where whether it be audio sancto or <laughs> census fidelia are or whatever. you like coming out of the closet of i the have not work. i have not uh, always done the pendants of the pendants work. by oh, not always do you
1: mean never
2: no it's okay you can make
1: reparations.
2: Can make reparations. yeah i'm gonna have to make multiple reparations that's theft
1: me. if someone's like here you can have this but i think i, it I need this might be wow thou be. shalt not steal i'm sure you know get around that somehow right? yeah not,
3: you
2: know, just like lying. Father Ripper doesn't have authority over the Carmelite order. <laughs> <laughs> no, He, he so. doesn't realize the, the value of mental prayer I, over three Hail Marys. Yeah, I,
3: I don't know. I, I don't think it would be binding under pain of sin. But he's, you know, in a, in a time when it's getting harder and harder to figure out what to do with your dollars in a diocesan context, he's not a bad one to funnel some money to. That's true. So sure. I, I usually catch up at like big feast days. Like, yeah, I listen to probably this many. Yeah, Certainly. I paid in advance or like I'll tell people like, oh,
1: don't worry about the penance where I paid a buck for it, or whatever. So when I'm first starting people on. Yeah, it's funny. He, he mentions it
3: in an early homily. He's like, <laughs> you know, I put in that penance where thing hoping people would, uh, you know, be doing the decade of the rosary that I. suggested of them and i was like and then i started getting all these donations and it it wasn't really what he wanted but you know people are lazy
1: (laughs) so (laughs) can you but like if you do your daily rosary to me like that doesn't count as penance wear no so like it's almost like over and above what what you what your rosary would be right father
3: ripker is asking us to do something impossible since we are totally consecrated to our lady she gets to decide what she does with our prayers anyway.
1: I don't know how people are not saying that same at
3: all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway. No, said, so,
3: okay. How to raise a man. You yeah. A raise, so it's it's a, no, a no, conference. No, like, that hey, so, and, so this and, was a
2: conference that you guys had listened to before. I hadn't heard We told Chris he needed to. Yeah. Because yeah. oh. <laughs> oh. it's, it's abundantly clear that my estrogen level is higher than your guys.
3: When I first listened to that uh, years ago, like – I think I was shaking. The brink
2: as of As I listened despair. to it. Yeah. It brought me to the brink of despair. Like, this yeah. is,
1: this podcast is, is how to deal with your stress, your post traumatic stress of listening to this.
2: Yeah. So this we talk. do recommend for any men, and woman. Really? To, yeah. to oh. listen to this talk. Go, go over to the show notes. You'll find the link there.
3: Almost in particular, women, especially mothers. Mothers. Yeah. Young boys.
2: I got to tell you, listening to this talk, it's speaking about the PTSD that this, Todd gives you one of the hard things to hear. Right. And it's not that I'm not aware of it. Right. But I grew up in a home without a father. So I saw my dad only a few times a year. Um, And my mom, who we've talked about in in podcasts in the past, I grew up with her suffering through a bunch of debilitating diseases. So while I didn't really have a dad around to kind of give that example, I also had a sick mom. And one of the things that he was talking about um, that really struck her close to home was the fact that like women have a hard time seeing their children suffer. And sometimes women need to allow their children to suffer, to go through hard, to go through something hard um, and to deal with hard things. One of the things like my mom, um, her, kind of her, her way in, and God bless her, you know, I know that her intentions were essentially good but you know she had looked at my life and she said doesn't have a dad around he gets picked on at school he has all these you know these different troubles um, i'll let him
1: grow his hair long and eat fudge is that basically no, what she said? no <laughs> essentially yeah
2: <laughs> but i chose to grow my hair long first but anyway she she would just be like i'm gonna i'm gonna take it easy on him so when it came mm. to things like household chores when it came time for those things the jobs just wouldn't get done because the fact is like she was ill. So she wouldn't do the work, but there wasn't really that uh, responsibility and, and punishment or discipline put in place to help me learn the habit of h- loving hard work, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I, and I gotta say like coming into, into a marriage after living a life like that, you know, where, where, any kind of hard work comes by unnaturally you know you 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 realize just how essentially robbed you were as a as a kid of the opportunity to grow in virtue mm-hmm. and you know again like i said god bless my mom you know she was doing the best with what she had and and you know and i can understand that Suffering for her probably played a big part in that also, in her decision process. Oh, man. Like,
3: even with – especially how culture – society has changed in general, even with a father around, like, it is so – it's so easy to end up in the same spot where you weren't given that opportunity just because of how much society has changed.
1: No, I think anyone who listens to this talk will – Yeah, I think there's a risk of them blaming society, blaming your dad – or like, you know, just like giving through this anger. Yeah. Anger. Yeah. Just don't, don't listen to how to raise a man and then just like despair or get mad. Just like listen to how to raise a man and be like, and try to take like something away to work on. Don't, don't try to yeah. do it all once. Cause like it's, it's absolutely astonishing how effeminate I am. He like, father, so we father Ripperger in the talk goes through effeminacy. You want to move on to effeminacy?
2: Yeah. What sure. What is
1: the definition of effeminacy?
2: So- Matt. <laughs>
3: The definition of effeminacy is attachment to, well, I mean, it's, I guess it's avoiding what is arduous, but effeminacy in particular is because there's an attachment to a pleasure. Mm -hmm. so that's effeminacy you don't want to go do hard work because you're kind of enjoying just sitting on the couch you don't want to do anything yeah
1: i was i i I listened to this talk two days ago matt was going to pick me up at 8 40 today and i was in bed at 8 20 and i was lying in bed thinking about effeminacy i was like i am attached it's not that i didn't want to get up and do my prayers and you know like i'm receiving communion today get up extra early and do your extra devotions for receiving communion that day um it's not that i didn't want to do those so that's like a spiritual sloth where you have an aversion to prayer. Effeminacy is when I'm lying in bed and like, I'm like, oh yeah, this, this feels great. That's, yeah. that's, that's effeminacy.
3: Yeah. Cause sloth and effeminacy, he talks about how they're, they're almost defined as the same thing, but the emphasis is different. Like mm-hmm. you just clarified. Mm-hmm. Yeah. you it, There's an aversion to doing the hard thing for different reasons. Yeah. So
1: the, the forms, the different forms, like the, the one that struck me, like Chris, like fatherhood, effeminacy um, men not wanting to do difficult things mm-hmm. and that can that can come in a lot of ways like that's like not wanting to work around the house or that can be not wanting to like get other people to work and like you know it's just easier to do something yourself so i'm just gonna like not like bother the mm-hmm. the fight about it like there's mm-hmm. there's so many ways effeminacy comes into every yeah. aspect of your life it's shocking
2: yeah there like the one thing that really stuck out to me was talking about how Adam chose his lower appetites over reason um, and against the virtue of integrity. And one of the, the examples he gives is the fear of separation from your wife. Mm-hmm. I, I had never really thought about that. But, I mean, when I think about issues even in my own marriage, I'm like, how many times do I – have I capitulated to Julie? That's been his buzzword. <laughs> my, 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 my buzzword is I'm capitulating. Capitulating! <laughs> <laughs>
3: Which I think – It's an interesting point. He talks about how I've never looked this up, probably because I'm effeminate and just don't want to do it. But Mm -hmm. the fathers identify that Eve failed. She had five aspects of her fall, five ways she sinned. But Adam had eight ways he fell. And one of them has to be it's it's related to that because, you know, Eve, I give her some credit because she had the most clever of all creatures at that point convincing her that this was the right thing to do. And then Adam did it just because his wife asked him to. Yeah. Like, come on. That's so. And you can see why the punishments of Adam are yeah. a little bit more severe in some ways. Um, it's, it's funny you talk about, you know, missing that opportunity to work and you grow in virtue because of it. But it's interesting that one of our punishments as men is to work, is to work. But God still uses that as kind of like a, a salvific means for us and a means mm-hmm. to grow in virtue. So.
2: Yeah. Anyway,
3: didn't didn't do that enough in my life.
2: So yeah, no, it's it's true. It's true. We're all just shell
1: shocked. Like <laughs> we're all just like looking, just like yeah, I'm the worst guy I know. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <Like>. um, <coughs> one of the things that I thought was incredibly apt was his observation regarding the lack of personality in men. Mm-hmm. That especially now, you talk to young boys, and it's like personality yeah. like It's and and it's almost like they've just become like you were talking about someone whose whose brothers all they did was stay in the room and yeah. play video games yeah and they would never come out and talk to you they would just they never interacted there was never that ability to be social you know
3: and you know i that like this i was slightly off topic but i think this is why explains some of the broad appeal of jordan peterson like his main appeal is to boys and young men. Actually, there was just an article in the National Post where he was responding to an email that a mother sent him, kind of gloating over, um, what she perceived as some hypocrisy in what he, you know, says and does. But, um, and, and just kind of the utter disregard she had for the mental health of her sons was the launching point of that. But he shared some emails that he got from, you know, guys all around the world, one young guy explained it this way, saying, you know, the reason why I follow you is because you've revealed that, you know, we all have this kind of divine aspect inside of us. And it's like an adventure, like like you, you're you doing something great by growing. I th- he even talks about it in the context of virtue. Again, I think w- his presentation of it is incomplete.
1: Yeah, we have we have yeah. Jordan Peterson on an Antichrist watch. Yeah, a ty- Anti- type of Antichrist watch. I don't know. But yeah.
3: but again, I think that that's that broad appeal. Like like growing in virtue was that predates Christianity. I mean, the Stoics, the, like the Greek philosophers, all yeah. talked about like how these are manly, manful, and manly qualities, and and it kind of does fulfill something in our very nature. Because you know, like the fall predates Christianity as well, but and so like recovering from that by way of virtue, it's not surprising that it was found in non-Christian societies. But so I mean, this this boy that wrote into him said, you know, you show us that by developing these qualities, by you know, kind of paying respects to our cultural heritage, is a hard but also heroic work. Like, it shows them that they have something to live for and something great that is carrying on a great and noble tradition from the past. Whereas we've been totally cut off from that. Like, one thing I keep coming back to in conversations with Aaron recently is how, yeah, not only do boys have, like, no personality today, like Father Ripperger was saying. But, you know, men and boys are really ripped off, too. They are. Like, like, in, in a lot of ways. They really are. They really are. You know, our education system is not really designed to cater to boys nice. um, because it's a mis- mixed education environment. They had to make some sort of decision, but it's more it's more to the way girls
2: learn. And it's and it's becoming even more that way,
3: you know, and and, and, and it's not just an education. It's it's pervasive. We we always want to, you know, Father Ripker talks about how constantly appealing to boys feelings. How do you feel about this is contrary to masculine nature i mean without denying that obviously men have strong emotions but that's not how we should be framing everything mm-hmm. again boys are getting ripped off they're how do you feel about what you learned today it doesn't matter how you feel about what you learn today there's a there's a higher pursuit that we should be you know we can expect more of kids and it, it's it's really too
2: bad that mm-hmm. they don't get that yeah i had just a random aside story you know, when I was a kid, I, I don't know if I told you this story. I might have told you this or not, but you know, when I was a kid, I used to get picked on quite a bit and uh, one one kid in particular was giving me a really hard time and he was calling me a particular name that I don't feel is appropriate to mention on this podcast. Um, but if you want to find it, you could probably find it in The in the Kingdom by Emmanuel Correa, probably multiple times. Um, anyways, <laughs> long story short, I went home to my mom and I said, mom, what does this word mean? I keep getting called this at school. And my mom told me and i stood you know this little grade five grade six kid like mouth agape like what that's disgusting she said to me but you have to promise she's before she told me she said before i tell you you have to promise me that you'll never use this word on anyone and i said Mm -hmm. oh yeah mom no problem i promise and so she told me and you know completely scandalized the next day comes around same kid starts giving me trouble so i said Harley, you and as soon as the word was finished i felt an arm on my shoulder and it was a teacher she was literally right behind me as i swear this swear at this kid i got dragged into the office and i literally broke down i literally started to lose it and the the principal had no idea what was going on why and it was you know it was actually kind of funny because as I'm having this like mental breakdown, the principal calls my mom and she wasn't home at the time, um, to say basically your son has gotten in trouble. And <laughs> I came home that night and I was able to hear the voicemail and it was literally like, uh, hello, Mrs. Penninger. This is, uh, the principal calling. Ah, uh, in the background, you just hear me <laughs> losing my crap. Uh don't call my mom. Don't call my mom. Uh, and I'm just losing it. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> like, but the worst part was after this whole thing happened, they were so confused that they put me in counseling with a woman for six for six months. In school counseling, wow. they had to take me out to try to figure out why was this kid having having a problem? And it, honestly, it took six months for them to figure out that hilariously enough, you know, God bless her. But when I, when I was younger, my grandmother used to say to me, if you act bad in school, you'll make your mother sicker. And so I got in trouble at school and immediately I went, I'm going to make my mom sick. Mm. So I... I didn't want the principal to be called because I didn't want my mom to get sick. So, again, the impact of of women's kind of education (laughs) on me, you know. So, I was misinformed by a woman. I was then reprimanded and then tried to counsel, but to be counseled by a woman. It took their six months to figure out that the whole reason why was because I was given bad information by my grandmother.
3: And this was all in the wake of finding out about Santa Claus, too.
2: Oh or yeah, the, like the wood was the wound was still <laughs> fresh Christmas. from that. Oh shit! You know, <laughs> oh, anyway, goodness. I don't know if that's relevant or not. No, Maybe I just Chris, told you no. that. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, you know, a
1: man, and uh, then you, like stuff uh, like this comes up. You're just like, well, yeah. and when I was young,
2: yeah, <laughs> it's just, it's it, all it literally out. is like it's right. just like pushing everything I think, out.
3: I think people will understand. Hopefully, they will have listened to the to the talk by now.
1: But but, yeah. but Father Ripperger doesn't. He he's he places all blame, okay, most blame, squarely on men. So, like, let's not blame women. No, I know. No.
2: Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. My dad had left when I was six months old. If my dad had ever heard that my grandmother was saying, you know, if my dad was a real man and had known that this was the case being, you know, thrown around, he as a man would have come in and corrected that situation. You know what I mean? Like he, like, like before it had even maybe, happened. Maybe, you know, I but, don't know.
3: but like, you know, there's, I think there are generational problems. Like we're, we're dealing with a an accumulation of a lot of generational baggage. Another talk of Father Rippiger's that helps you kind of understand that is the sixth generation. And he talks about kind of the progress of generational spirits that we've kind of picked up. I think, I think he starts with the lost generation. And I, as far as I remember, they were kind of born at the tail end of the 1800s, early 1900s. And, and these, they were really capable of suffering, but they didn't communicate that well. Like they, they just would not talk about it. And you know, there's, there's sometimes where you do have to share a burden with another person. And oh, that, really? yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Shut up. laughs> and, 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 you know, yeah. So, but they're. They gave birth to the, the greatest generation in quotes. Well, the greatest generation kind of rebelled against that spirit of suffering. And there they although they still grew up kind of probably in the Depression era, they decided I'm not going to let my children go through this. So they gave birth to the baby boomers who grew up kind of in a licentious, undisciplined environment, you know, gave rise to the hippies generation X like we're just dealing with a snowball. Of cultural decadence and decay.
2: But so I mean, you know, it, all, all I, of our I think it comes from even before then. Of you course say? it does. Yeah, of like course. Enlightenment and even, yeah, even the Protestant. But but why like, is it accelerating
3: so quickly recently? You know, yeah. I mean, okay, why? There's there's always Satan. Yeah. Um, demonic activity is clearly increasing in recent times. But but I'm just saying, you know, even if your dad had been around, who knows? You know. It, They they grew up in not an ideal environment either, and it's just it just seems to be getting worse.
1: Yeah, my my grandfather came from the war. From what I understand about him, like I just think he wanted everything to be like okay. Yeah, he I don't think he ever really he he capitulated. That's the buzzword. I think he capitulated to my grandmother like on everything, and my father's disciplinary style. Came from that. And then now you have effeminate Aaron here, the pinnacle of <laughs> effeminacy. Yeah. And like yes. the point of <laughs> even bringing up
3: these examples is not, it's not, it's not to blame any of these people. Like, cause we have to deal with the lot that we're given in life. God is, mm-hmm. God gives us everything we need for the, well, He gives everyone everything they need to get to heaven, but He put us in this particular time because He wants us in this particular time. I, you know, I keep thinking how terrible of a time it is to be a Catholic. But you know, we we have to deal with it. We can't yeah. we can't shy away from it and put the blame on other people, okay. even if other people are to blame in certain instances. What, what
1: did you guys? What was your favorite thing that you're going to work on coming into the, coming from like how to raise a man? Like well, that? I
3: yeah I this is like my third or fourth listen to well, it. but every time but you this recent to it, one yeah.
1: What are, what are you thinking? What are you going to work on?
3: <clears throat> well, I would I I maybe we can discuss this a little bit more. The thing that really stood out to me was the idea of prudence. Obviously, I, I, like, I have to work on all the virtues, but prudence in particular, Father Ripker talked about it. You know, he, I think he was talking about husbands and wives. I'm sadly not married. But knowing when, so prudence is kind of knowing uh, when to implement kind of an, another virtue in a given situation when to apply a moral principle. Sure. So like when you're going to fraternize
1: someone, when you're going to like address some issue that you yeah. have or like where in your life though, to like,
3: well, no, like I was, I was just thinking about like, like prudence is, I guess that's the reason it stuck with me because it, it seems like it's a hard one to work on. Yeah. Cause you're going to make like, you're going to, f- you're going to make a lot of slips in that one. Yeah. So, you know, pray to the Holy, Holy ghost to kind of guide you in that. But you know, that, that I like, that seems to be a really important Guiding principle for the rest of the virtues. So that's I don't know. Chris, do you have any Prince, any thoughts as a married idea, man on,
2: on know, the idea of prudence? So oh, yeah, you want to hit up prudence before we move on? I mean, really, not all, all honesty. Like I, I felt that oh. that was a a fair point. I don't really think there was really a lot that stuck out to me as a aha moment. Like it just makes sense. The the <laughs> in practicality, like yeah, that's know, what, Like I mean. I'm just like, there's a lot of need. I think he talks about earlier on in the talk about the a real man, man tends to prayer. And while he will maintain peace, he does not pursue peace at the cost of his authority. Mm-hmm. Which I is think, a prudent decision.
3: Yeah. Right. It's a prudent decision to pray. I mean, it's and, and prayer it's a, is prayer as hard work. Yeah. That, that's another thing that. It,
2: yeah. I was going to say, in particular, with prayer, like. In the, in say, for example, in the context of a, of an argument or things like that, I think having that ability uh, to pull away mentally, um, you know, emotionally, spiritually from the dumpster fire that's going full blast in front of you to say, turn inward to come to the Lord, because he also says, you know, angry men are effeminate, right? Anger is a sign of, of a lack of virtue, you know, In if it's not righteous anger, obviously. Um, yeah, he so, means
3: like habitually angry men. Yeah. You, have to be able to <laughs> yeah, yeah. you have to be able to exercise anger appropriately. Yeah, appropriately. And actually, St. Thomas talks about how it can potentially be sinful
2: not to be angry in a certain circumstance, well, right? And, and that makes sense, right? But I'm saying like in regards to, say, for example, handing over your – essentially your own interior piece in the midst of an argument with a spouse you know at that point as a husband as a father as you know as the head of the home the authority essentially i think as soon as you allow anger to start dictating things in your life your authority starts to shake it starts to lose it it's grounding it's a lower passion
3: yeah trumping your reason and your intellect yeah i mean you're just you're letting one of your lower faculties dictate your behavior which is exactly what it's a consequence of the fall. Yeah. Our Lord said, you know, you let your appetites guide you in this situation. Well, guess what? Now you're going to have to fight against them for the rest of your life. I mean, that's one of the consequences of Adam and Eve. Oh, happy fault. Oh. <laughs> Sometimes it doesn't <laughs> seem that way. No, but no. until you get to Easter, holy
2: Saturday. Go <laughs> the Easter's. Do you have anything else
1: about the talk that really stood out to you I mean, Is that you're so going to work much. on? I know, I mean, in terms the whole of, thing. But, like, it, what
2: are you working in on? Ter- in terms of the things I'm going to work on, obviously... There was a lot of... Like, the one thing that that stuck out to me in terms of practical was, like, do not pursue peace at the cost of authority. That that capitulation word is a hot-button word because of the fact that it did stick out so much. We
1: already so, saw Chris capitulate to Julie, like, three times tonight, too. It's so <laughs> bad. <laughs> he's just shaking. And he's just... His look, he looks at me when it happens. I just capitulated, didn't I? And I was like, I think so, man.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, just... Just a matter of just kind of taking every kind of situation and putting it in context mentally, like don't okay. don't simply let things happen to you. Do not be just an innocent bystander that just lets it happen. But you know, yeah. if there are situations in your marriage or in your life where where it, it seems like your authority as a husband or as a father is being questioned lovingly in an a servant type way, redirect that. Back to where it belongs, which is by by means of your vocation, by your state in life, by your office that's due to you. it, it is in your hands as a father, hmm. um, but again, yeah. not to use that as a as a license for abuse. And and Father Ripperger talks about that too oh, wow. that yeah. that trads can get into this mindset. Yeah, you know, and again, coming back to that neurotic thing we talked about in episode one, where we're like so focused on well this is what the church teaches. So therefore I can act this way. I can be a total dick. Yeah. One you know? thing that,
3: you know, I hadn't really heard of, I don't know if, but he said, you know, trad's using, abusing the authority structure to the point where, you know, the men will say, okay, wife and daughters, you have to go out and work. And I'm issuing this command in virtue of my fatherly authority. Like I thought that was, I had never heard mm. of that. So, but you can see how extremely that can be bent Yeah, in the, in, in the wrong direction
2: yeah especially since he says that um you know saint thomas aquinas makes it clear that the father was responsible for everything everything, everything i love the, the way homes. he says
1: it everything everything, <laughs> everything. <laughs> all
3: the way if, including the dirty diapers dishes i mean he clarifies that saying god gave women certain natural perfections that lets them deal with certain things better than men mm-hmm. but they were given as a helpmate to f- help him fulfill his duties, which is, Col- which so, is so, th- every- so they everything. can so
2: they've been given graces to handle colds, yeah, the flu, <laughs> the, as we found it. Chris Pendergird, yeah,
3: sometimes you can't reach the sign you tab, man. You know,
1: capitulation too. Like I think it's more important outside of marriage. Like if you're hearing a coworker or someone speak wrongly of our Lord, or you want to say something. Or like, and you just, you're like, oh, I'm just not going to try to address this because like I'm effeminate and like, there's so many opportunities missed where you just don't yeah. take in real world. And like that, that's pretty big too, right? Like capitulate. And like, yeah. uh, you think of like whatever happened that, what are, what university did you go to? Where were we Francisca- just Franciscan. Like yeah. those students should have walked out. Like why were they capitulating to that? Huh. Or like seminarians in abusive situations. Why are they capitulating to that? Not, I don't want to play, blame the victim, but like, yeah. there is an aspect of that, right? Like, we're in, in the world, like, you gotta, we, why are we all, why are we just letting our yeah. priests? Again, and, and priests, why did I go to that? Um, why are we just letting everyone do guided by prudence still? Cause right. I mean, there's certain situations,
3: like, especially yeah. fraternal correction. Yes. Sometimes it yeah. would do more harm do- than good. Yeah. But don't let that paralyze you to an action. No. Like, exactly. Like, again, that's one of those kind of overarching virtues that is hard to master but yeah if you make some slips and falls it's, it's better than getting habituated into doing nothing
1: yeah i think yeah well yeah keep your in- intention like yeah if you're about to do anything be like i'm only doing this because i love god don't yes. don't don't you it'll just be effeminate everything's just effeminate if you like just like oh, i'm just gonna do this because i'm a man you know or like because like i want to kick someone's ass you literally just it has to be out of your love of god and like not you can't be attached to softness so
2: yeah Yeah. it's true it's true you got the i mean we were talking about before right freedom is the ability you know not to do what we like but the freedom to do what we ought you know yeah
3: and freedom to choose the good yeah yeah so that's what that's that's what our lord's freedom is the freedom of the cross choose the good
2: which is i mean at at face value it appears like a contradiction which i mean it's kind of (laughs) they said that about our lord too right you know, it be a sign that will be contradicted, but I mean, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the, the fact that it, it is the cross that brings freedom. The, the beautiful irony of that mm. is, is, is so neat yeah. it, it, that, that it's in laying down our lives for others, you know, and essentially, you know, um, emptying ourselves of our, our wills where we actually are filled with God. Mm -hmm. you know and you know st john of the cross of course you know you know the you get rid of everything and you receive everything like because if you you know empty yourself of all that is not god you get god in return and he is so much more abundant and and wonderful yeah and
3: it's that wisdom of god not being our wisdom thing right like that was one i think it was in this talk where you know christ's passion also being an inversion of adam and eve's mm-hmm. punishments you know one of the punishments you're you have to work in thorns now but then our lord was crowned with thorns he took that upon himself and like every aspect of the passion was an inversion to he was yeah, I, mean, I mean he was even nailed to a tree to a tree yeah a yeah. tree is what like caused you, reach, to fall. you reached
1: like, out to a tree to grab the fruit and i was there's that that easter saying like that ancient easter saying it kind of goes through all of them
3: yeah but, it's true so it's true, yeah
1: my my It's This talk, actually, I listened to it on the way up to a weekend up in Newmarket, and it came with, like, this pinnacle of, like, spiritual movement in my life. I seemed to, like, come in waves. This whole weekend, this, like, was earth shattering for me. So I listened to this talk, and I didn't think much of it. I thought, like, oh, yeah, I got to work on some stuff. But I was at this party. No,
3: your text message to us was... I am effeminate in every possible way. I know, but like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay,
1: so I, okay, yeah, <laughs> I no, didn't I, think about I, it much. I know, I, but I didn't think about like any specific point. I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. Like, okay. like, yeah, it's so bad. I'm, yeah, I am effeminate in every single way. But I get to this party and for some reason... I, I, okay, uh, so I'm at this party and I just start shooting my mouth off about JP2.
2: As is not... Super uncommon. I know, and
1: but okay, <laughs> just hear me out. This is this is gonna take a little bit to unpack. So I'm okay. shooting my mouth out of a JB2 and just like being a trad and a loudmouth and like drawing attention myself for no good reason, right? And this guy gets super agitated, super agitated at me, and he he starts like and I kind of respected it because I'm like, wow, like this is someone who actually cares. It's not just like, oh, I just wanna argue with you because of an argument and I would have win. He was like really agitated. So we start talking and I'm like, oh, shoot, like, I think I, like, I did just shoot my mouth off about something I shouldn't have here and, like, now I got to kind of do damage control, right? But, like, he kind of finishes it off with, like, oh, I'm not done. Like, we're talking. So I had slept over. And so the next day, he talks to me and we start, and he kind of gave me the, that, that, like, neocon thing. Like, oh, we just have to, like, why are you talking about this? Like, we just have to have faith and, yeah, it's, like... No. Okay, he said, "You have no right. You have no authority to like stand up on a podium in a party situ, like in in that situation, and just like talk about this stuff. Like you're shaking people's faith." And and I just thought of thought of Ripperger immediately. I was like, "Oh shoot! Like I'm just effeminately like, what's the intellectual effeminacy where you just like uh, like have to intellectualize things for no reason at all, but you just think about things." So I was being, I was like, "Oh no, this is the stupid father Ripperger, like <laughs> uh, the, the effeminacy." Like, yeah, I just felt the need to like, I have to think about this stuff. So like the McCarrick issue or all these issues that really have no, like, they don't affect me whatsoever. There's nothing I can do about them. I have no authority to change them whatsoever. And then I also realized like there was just pride in like having to be the center of attention. And then there was also like, what was I potentially like doing? Like just to like satiate my like carnal desires to be the center of attention. Like what was I potentially doing to these people, these people's faith life who I was shooting? my mouth off about right about like just stupid things that don't really matter. doesn't affect anyone. So yeah, kind of coming away, he nailed me into a corner and I was fraternally corrected. Uh, it was amazing. Cause I was like, it was, and I realized like we, I, I shouldn't be talking with JP two like that because I have no authority whether like to, like to air quote JP two being a saint or not. Like who am I to like, do you know, that? Obviously you probably didn't mean like, you know, in this, in the correct audience, we probably would have understood the, that you didn't sar- actually The sarcasm, yeah. Well, well uh, yeah, but... but, but, the, but maybe
2: but there was an ounce of truth in there, too. Well, th- yeah,
1: well, we've, uh, I feel like our listeners have been through that. But, <laughs> but, no, but it's... I don't know. Like, you can't just half-ass opinions and shoot them out there and think that, like, people need to hear them. Uh, I, I don't know. For some reason... It did, can you help me out here? Just, like, it struck Man, with me. Man, I, I, like, I, I think... I, it's just like effeminacy. That's just I think point. you're explaining it properly, but well, it's, 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 a, it's interesting how
3: pervasive... Certain aspects of effeminacy can be in our lives, and I like it's not pure effeminacy. I think you you addressed a few different things there. Like there's an effeminacy rooted in curiosity. Mm-hmm. Like should we be? Sh- do we have any mm-hmm. any reason to be reading about this stuff? Do we? You know, some of it we probably have to, but some of it we shouldn't. Most of it, I just, Mo- yeah, pro- most of it, yeah. Like I, there's a yeah. I mean, I, I I doubt that truly good and holy people spend much time reading scandal blocks and keeping up to date on the latest every nitty gritty detail about scandals in the church. I I just I don't holy people <laughs> probably don't. I don't think they do. I well, don't think I don't. they have no clue what's going on. It, so it's, like a, it's effeminacy with different faces to it. But it's right. just
1: it's because then you just listen to Father Ripperger's talk and then you're like, oh, I found out how I'm effeminate in this way. And you're like, well, like, am I going to do something about it or am I not? So now I've like gotten rid of all my blogs that I and now I'm just like, oh, shoot, like I, this is like a life changing moment for me. I know, like minorly, but like I gonna have to find new things to do with my spare time. And like oh, we're gonna, like we were already talking before, like I don't feel comfortable talking about certain things on the podcast. I should apologize to everyone for shooting my mouth off about things that I have like no rightful way to say. No, right, anyway, um, rightful authority to, say, authority to say. And yeah, like th- this, th- it actually changed my life. I'm not exactly sure how I'm starting to resent it more and more. Uh, <laughs> because like I'm, get, I'm get, like I was through yeah. the euphoric, like, oh wow, like I'm, this is a path to holiness. This is great. But now I'm like, oh shoot, this is what the path to holiness <laughs> means. And I'm getting madder at Father Ripperger by the day, <laughs> but, but it's it, still appreciating him at the same time. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so this was my Father Ripperger talk moment and the guy who fraternally corrected me i want to thank him so much he's a fellow live at home with his parents we had a connection and uh it it was great and like he we we had a bonding moment and it was amazing so that that's where i've been on this talk did that all make sense and wrap up yeah
3: yeah yeah no i i'm with you it's (laughs) it's maybe that's part of the also overarching pathology to quote ann barnhart in you know we talk about the, the collapse of in the modern church, is a collapse of masculinity in a lot of ways. Yeah. It's not. It's not just
1: effeminacy, but that's a huge part of it. It seems to touch every <laughs> aspect of like mm. my life and most things in like that you see yeah. like, that you're like, well, that seems like
3: yeah. Effeminate. Well, you don't always know, right? Effeminacy, remember, deals with the attachment to the pleasure. It's not always that, right? It can be sloth too, because mm. they look so similar. Mm. But I think effeminacy is it a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. So. You know, don't try to see it behind every rock like Father Edgar says behind every other rock right? <laughs> when he talks about the involvement of Satan in, mm. in this in doing, you know,
1: convincing us to do bad things in our lives. But yeah. hey, just to jump back to Chris, too, I was shocked because I don't know if this is I don't know if this is appropriate to say, but like you're capitulating and Father Edgar says like 98 percent of men capitulate to their wives just to keep the peace. That's, and that's I, so
2: true. I, I, That's so true. This
1: party had two apostate trads because of their wives, I would say. And I was just shocked because, like, how, well, apostate in the sense that they gave up on tradhood and they're now going to Nova Ordo's. but like, yeah.
2: ever, because, because their wives are okay,
1: to, that is just a guess, but it definitely seems like that way. Oh my God. I'm being a feminist. Anyway, but like, it's just shocking. Like, how could you be a trad and then start going to the Nova Ordo? That seems bizarre to me. I, I, like, I, we go and like, we literally have to do special prayers before Novus Ordo. Even if it to, doesn't
3: apply to these two guys, I, I know people that, that yeah. has happened to them. So yeah.
1: it's a real phenomenon. Yeah. And they capitulated to keep the peace. To keep the peace, but like, isn't the Latin Mass important for your children? Yes. Yeah. The answer is yeah. yes. There's no, that wasn't a question. Sorry. The Latin Mass is important for your children. It was children. rhetorical. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's yeah, in know, like this. This talk, I hate this talk. Right? I'm getting we all, but you also love it I'm at tired. the same time. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's the one thing that like we wanted to maybe end off with was talking about the fact that like one of the things that is really been on my mind lately, and you guys have have seen that I I wrote a blog shortly after the McCarrick scandal broke, um, talking about the father wound in the crisis in the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the fact that the lack of fatherhood for a lot of guys is, is actually an issue. I mean, trad communities aside. Okay. And I, and I, I think that trad communities are really, they're anomalous because they, you know, you have these intact Catholic families that are there and that's a beautiful thing, but your regular, you know, Nova Sordo 9am mass, there's a high level of kids in those masses who, who their fathers are either not there. They refuse to go and they just send their wives in to go to mass and take the kids or they're literally fatherless themselves, whether mm-hmm. by divorce or whatever. And the question that I have been wrestling with for quite a, quite a number of years, I read a book by Donald Miller. Um, it's called To Own a Dragon. And that book was, was discussing the fatherless generation, um, that we're seeing today and how it actually impacts society and 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 the child individually as well and being that he came from a fatherless home himself he's a famous author new york times bestseller but when i read that and then compared it to the life of saint john bosco you know saint john bosco was he felt it so important to be a father to these men to these young these young boys and a lot of them ended up becoming priests. A lot of them found their vocation in the church. I don't see fatherhood being really held up by our, by our priests. And Father John Hollowell, he was recently interviewed on, um, on Taylor Marshall's podcast recently. And he was talking about this fact that the fatherless nature of Catholics, like, like we don't have the, a normal understanding of what it is to have a father for a lot of us.
1: Um, zero example of like yeah. what leadership should look like yeah i have no i i have no idea
2: yeah and he was yeah. saying like you know with these young men that come into seminary formation um, and that are getting ordained if there are not if you know he was saying in particular if you have an example of a priest who doesn't want to talk about the issues in the church for example who's not willing to acknowledge that they need to get a head check and see that their children are actually – their spiritual children are actually struggling with this. Mm. And they should probably – this was his advice. He said they should go to a spiritual director because they haven't learned how to be a father yet. Mm. And I think that that plays a huge role. And, and when I think about seminary formation and the, the guys that are going through now
1: they're, – They're wounded. They almost have like daddy a issues. Lo,
2: a lot of them have daddy issues. And I don't think that the men in the seminary are well-equipped to be fathers to them. No, And you know,
3: mm-hmm. like – <clears throat> Although there's a wider collapse in natural fatherhood, of course that's gonna impact spiritual fatherhood. They don't they don't have that example to know what that like you you need to see the natural first before you can apply it as a spiritual father
1: of a flock. So and that's why Father Mark Goring too. Like he that, that's what a dad should do. He he declared yeah. war. He yeah. declare war.
3: Yeah. yeah. And that's I, that's why I found that hard seeing him, you know, as a good uprising. You know, obviously, we come from very different aspects of the faith, but I was, I was really glad to see a father figure actually like caring and trying to do something. It was, it was really sad to see him squashed down. Absolutely, I, absolutely. I know he's, he's appealing the only way he could to try to get get that reversed but you know whether or not that does anything
2: yeah the thing that's interesting too is like when i think about father mark Goring, i think about the founder of the companions and Mm -hmm. despite issues in terms of the things that he did you know charismatically we'll say liturgically i think at at the heart of it father bob bedard had a real dad's heart Mm. And, you know, and, and I think that's what attracted so many young vocations to that order yeah. in Canada. I do. I don't think that it would have been half as, as successful as it has been, uh, growing in vocations and, and whatnot in this country if there wasn't such strong father figures there. Yeah. What would be the draw for, for these men in the eighties and the early nineties to come in? And I think when you look at, um, things like, Father Richard Heilman in, um, the Diocese of Madison, Wisconsin. Um, his bishop, Bishop Morlino, hmm. he, he says God that. rest bit, his soul. Yeah. But he's, he said that Bishop Morlino had been a father to him. How many, how many priests do we know could say that their bishop was like a father to them?
3: Well, they might say it because they feel like they have to, but, but like, they actually mean it.
2: Yeah, well, Father Father Richard Heilman meant it. Yeah. I mean it was yeah. it was abundantly clear the two of them were very close and they were always hanging out and he was coming for you know visits and whatnot. So
3: probably about as many as you know how many priests can you think of in your life who feel that? Although they like you know I don't begrudge any of them like they baptized me, they give me our Lord's body and blood, but like I can only think of a handful that I think of as true spiritual fathers.
2: No, yeah, it's true. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, my My last question, I guess, was in light of that, um, and more of an open ended question: How do we as Catholics respond to that fatherless crisis in the Church and in the world? And is God calling us to that in whatever state of life we're in? I'm not. I'm. I'm saying I'm leaving it open. Oh. Um. You guys don't have to answer. I think it's a bigger question. Oh, it's a huge question. You know, but I. But <laughs> I. I question
1: if. It's what, you like? You have this, like, insurmountable task, like, make a man out of Aaron. And you're like, <laughs> all right, Aaron, what...
2: We have the parts. We have the parts. <laughs> Protect, can we get... Yeah, um,
1: so, but, like, there is the only thing that I have, like, a little hope in the how to raise the man thing is, like, wow, uh, it, it's almost impossible to make a man out of me due to my wounds. That would take a lot of masculinity to even try... I kind of want to do it. Like, the, yeah. o- the only thing that appeals to me in all of this is the challenge. I'm like, hmm, yeah. let's try. Like, because I would say after listening to this, like, the most masculine thing you can do is not despair. Just be like, all right, you know what? Wow, I suck. But, like, let's try. So, like, try. Just pick one thing out of the talk and work on it. Listen to the talk in a year and realize, like, oh, wow, I didn't get very far. And then do the next thing. Like, I know easier said than done. <laughs> but, like... You know, I just think of what's oh, some saint, like she, I'm working on mental prayer as hard as my little heart can, like she, she had to bring a book for like 14 years before she, who was that? Teresa. St. Teresa of Avila. Oh my, am I going, are, am I you going just, You
3: just quoted her again, to work on your dominant faults <laughs> for a year, then the next one, oh man, he's, he's, yeah, he's, he's carmel hard. He's, he's, am <laughs> I? I'm scared. Wow. Oh, yeah, whatever. Anyway, yeah, like
1: that. So like, yeah, it's tough. It's insurmountable. But uh, that, that, you know, I don't know. Like, there's no like there's challenge accepted. The challenge accepted. Like, the only <laughs> thing you can do now is like, while I'm wounded. Uh, we're gonna show note this amazing prayer I found in Saint Bridget of Sweden's revelations that just works for me. It's it's the wounds from my youth or from my from my infancy have like wounded me, and like I've wasted my strength in vanities of the world, which is everything that I've done. And you know, you, you can only you just kind of got to look at God to be like, wow, look at look at this mess. But like, you can't stop. So like yeah, that, that, is that that like, come on? there's your open ended question answered to me? Like just just go for it.
2: But but I, I guess what I'm saying too, and a little bit more outward facing, is the question of: We have a fatherhood crisis in the church hmm. and in the world, where there are children who are running fatherless, who need men in their lives, real good men, hmm. and is God calling us to some sort of action? towards that as a church or as individuals? I think so. I mean, you know, father to the fatherless, you know, it, it, that's who our Lord is. And we're called to be an imitation of that um, to, to whatever degree we're, you know, he is calling us to do that, whether it be in a spiritual sense, hashtag yeah. Carmelite, or it in a real sense. <laughs> no, but
3: like, I think, I think you're both right. You have to work on yourself that's right
2: don't
1: don't go into life teen and be like i'm gonna solve in little small group sessions even though like you're dealing with like pornography like that's that's you can't you can't be a father to someone when you're not yeah you can't give what you don't
3: have i mean saint even the example of saint benedict like he went into hard penance and mortification for what four years before he even attempted to spread holiness to anyone else Cause he, he, yeah. he knew he couldn't give what he didn't have. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of like an ontological principle. Like you, you need, anyway, before, and then when he did achieve that holiness, guess what? He spread it to all of Europe. He's the patron of all Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it's, I don't want to say we leave people by the wayside, but we're in an unfortunate situation. We need to develop masculinity before we can be a, be a real father well, an like example cuz yeah.
1: my effeminacy drags me down i start thinking about like oh i wish so and so wasn't so and it's just useless thought like i can't do anything for these people it's just like you get you know like so in with my life like i'll help people if i can but i need to work on me like that i'm
2: i'm effeminate <laughs> <laughs> and how and how yeah. i know yeah but Pitulating but i would that. say this there comes i think a point <clears throat> and where the effeminacy could say well, I'm not enough of a man yet, mm-hmm. or I haven't done enough, you know, work yeah. yet on myself. I'm, you know, and it that can also be a form of effeminacy that says, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> maybe, maybe more
3: <laughs> slot there. You're yeah. just too lazy to do
1: it.
2: But, well, well, that's I, the
1: prudence. That's what Matt's like, prudence. But I, it could be I imprudence, you, right? I think you, you could,
3: could be... work on them concurrently too, though. Yeah. But you, you. Like Aaron said, you like you can't. Be the first starts yeah, yes. interiorly, yeah. yeah. So
1: and buy some guns, take some kids shooting. That's that's Go camping, camp. camping. Do anything outdoorsy. You are probably helping young men just by doing that. Th- that's the thing.
3: It's like it's it's in our nature. Like God yeah. gave us this. Yeah. We we have all this horrible baggage with recent trends we've seen in our culture, but and it, it doesn't have to be. Yeah, it doesn't have to be this way. It's 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 in all of us. We have the cultural patrimony, but. It's been buried up with a lot of layers of dirt. We have to uncover that and reclaim it. (laughs) 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 All
2: right, boys. Well, is that it? I think so. Is that it? Two minutes in heaven better than one minute in heaven? Let's do a wrap-up yeah okay well thanks very much for listening everybody thanks for listening stay tuned make sure you follow us uh on all of our social media and uh and definitely follow us on stitcher itunes and all that stuff
1: and fraternally correct me i will apologize
2: (laughs) do it please please i need it (laughs) please please you can send that to theology of the buddy at gmail.com anyways i'm chris i'm aaron i'm matt all right god bless you guys bye
0: thanks for listening to today's podcast we hope you enjoyed it We really want to know your thoughts on the topics discussed during today's podcast, as well as your questions and topics you'd like us to explore in the future. So, please follow us on Facebook, at Theology of the Buddy, and come talk with us. Please follow and subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play to keep up on the great conversations with new episodes coming every Wednesday. Next week, the guys will be talking about the traditional feast of the Purification of Mary. Until then, you stay trouty, San Diego.